If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, welcome to Commando On Demand Insider, your fast-paced weekly update straight from Kim's desk to your ears. Mike James here, and if you think gaming is for losers, well, think again. Uh, Kim is going to talk to a kid that's raking in over $200,000 a year playing the game Fortnite. Plus, what does a quantum research scientist do, and why does he work for Google? We'll find out. Kim also checks in with old man Steve, who, at 81 years old, is the latest viral craze on TikTok. How did he do that? Plus, Kim has news on how to spot fake coronavirus cures and what's the ideal setup if you may need to work from home. Kim also answers a question about factory settings on an iPad. And every week we find a fun trivia question and ask that you give us your best guess without using Google. It's just fun. And in 1998, Sony released a brand new camcorder. Some 700,000 of them were released before realizing that they all had to be recalled immediately. And today's trivia question is, what was so bad about those Sony camcorders that they had to be recalled? Was it that the battery could explode? Bed bug infestation at the factory? It could see through clothes or missing the record button. Again, 1998 Sony camcorder recall. Why? Was it a battery could explode? Bed bug infestation at the factory? It could see through clothes or it was missing the record button. We'll have that answer for you later on in this podcast. And by the way, this is not the nationally syndicated Kim Commando show on over 400 radio stations nationwide. The podcast version of the show is available and you can get many more benefits of being a Commando community member at GetKim.com. As a matter of fact, if you use promo code Kim, you're going to get a seven-day free trial so you can try it out without obligation. Just see if you like it. I believe you will. That's at GetKim.com. All right, getting started in just a moment with a teen making $200,000 a year from gaming on Commando On Demand Insider. Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. Let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more. It's Commando On Demand Insider, where we talk to some of the most influential people in technology. 
Here's Kim with our first guest. Now, as I go through and I read all these stories day after day to keep up on all things digital, I run across what I find insanely interesting to me is that we have a certain element of our society who plays video games and they make hundreds and thousands of dollars. And you're like, and every time I do that, I'm like, hmm, how does that happen exactly? And joining us on the Kim Commando Show listener line is Alex in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hi there, Alex. Hello, how are you? Good. And so you go by, you don't go by Alex online, you go by Destroy. Yes, that's what I go by. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. So, so how much do you make a year? I mean, to be... To be fair with you, I didn't start making um, decent money playing video games. I've been playing video games my whole entire life, but as of recently, the past two years have definitely helped me out. And I've um, I've been making around about $100,000 or a little more than that per year. And so so is it like a, a nine-to-five job, or how many hours a day do you have to play? Well, honestly, it definitely depends. There's been days where I've played for 24 hours straight. There's been days where I get on for a couple of hours. I mean, honestly, it all depends on um, how much practice I need to be doing for the next tournament that's upcoming. So have you seen the videos of the uh, on YouTube? You probably have of the eSport players where they rent out like these mega mansions in Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm actually good friends with a lot of those people that are like super, super multimillionaires and just make a lot of money um, doing this video game stuff. I, yeah, it's just fascinating to me that that so like a company like EA Games, they'll rent out like I don't know if you saw this, Chris, they rent out like a 10,000, 20,000 square foot house and then they load it up with guys like Alex and then they have uh, they make all their meals. They have a personal trainer. Uh, there's masseuses that come in. They wash their cars. They rent them Rolls Royces. And so this is like their training facility. What? That's crazy. <laughs> Alex, you need to teach yeah. me how to play video games, sir. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a crazy industry, and the funny thing is, it's only the beginning of what is yet to come in this industry. Like, yeah, a lot of that stuff happens, and we're really spoiled when it comes to stuff like that. But it's just only the beginning of where it's going to lead to. And so now, you're practicing to compete in a big tournament. Is that right? Yeah, I actually practice every single day. Last year, there was a $30 million tournament that I was practicing for. But um, me and a um, group of other professional players, we just play every single day to practice to be at the highest level possible. And see, you know what's happening right now, Alex, as you're talking about this, is that, you know, because this is radio and it go people listen in their cars with their kids, there's right. probably like... I don't know, 50,000 kids right now across the country that are hitting their mom, dad going, see, I told you I could make money playing video games. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, for anyone who is like, yeah, I can't, um, video games, you know, don't take you far, blah, 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 blah. You know, growing, growing up, my parents have always supported everything that I did. And honestly, video games have always been a huge passion of mine. So when the game Fortnite came out and, um, I just started playing Fortnite um, competitively, which is like taking it on a serious level and then realizing how much money you can actually make from any video game. If you're good enough, it's absolutely insane. Now, what kind of setup do you have? Um, okay, so I used to play in my father's um, like little basement. He had a little office room that I used to play in. 
But um, my dad told me that I should um, invest in my invest in my setup since it's more so my career now. I play video games for a living, and um, actually, um, I remodeled my whole entire garage and made it into sort of like a man cave where I can just work very, very comfortably. And now, do you broadcast your games on, say, Twitch? Yes, I stream on Twitch. How much do you make off of that? I'm always curious. Um, it definitely depends on your subscriber count and stuff like that, but um, it can definitely vary from like you know ten thousand dollars a month, um, anywhere from like twenty thousand. It all depends on the subscriber count, but for someone like me that does it full time, it's definitely up there in like the you know six thousand dollars per month at least. You know, you know, Chris, just sit down. You're not going. Okay, Alex, Chris just thinks he's looking at me like he's like gonna bolt. He's gonna go become a professional video gamer. <laughs> Which doesn't always happen. How I mean, it's it's like professional athletes, isn't it, Alex? That you got a lot of people who are trying to to make the grade, but who really does? Yeah, it's definitely definitely um, very very hard to make it in the gaming industry. You definitely need to have like one of those one of those like um, I don't want to say lucky, but like just a, you know a talent that not many people have. So for me, for me, I've always been competitive since I was a little kid, you know, growing up playing sports, just always wanted to be the best at whatever I did. So when um, I've been playing video games since I was about like seven or super, super young. And then um, I actually won my first tournament when I was like 13, 12 years old. And from there, I just knew that I was one of those people that was just blessed with the talent to play video games at a super high level. And so you started when you were seven. How old are you now, Alex? I'm 19 years old. So you've been working at this for 12 years. Are you, are you going to yeah. go to, do you think you're going to go to college? Um, I don't have any plans at the moment to go to college. And so who, so if you're making, so you're making 6,000 a month, 12,000, that's 120,000. So do you have any, do the gamers get paid by the gaming companies as well? Or are you just, or are you um, waiting yeah, until absolutely. you go to those tournaments? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm definitely, I don't want to say um, smaller, but I'm definitely, like, a medium size compared to what some of my friends make. Like, I have friends that make multi, you know, multi-millionaires. You know, you know there's, there's the, the good thing about it is there's a lot of different incomes, you know, subscriber count, um, sponsorships, tournaments, and that's what, and that's what's awesome about the gaming industry. Like, if you, if you have the fan base and the support, you can just get sponsorships from these huge billionaire dollar um, industries that are, that are willing to pay you very well. Well, Alex, thanks for giving us an insight into the life and times of a professional gamer. Now, I expect when you go and play in July that you're going to just win and give us a shout back and let us know how you did, okay? Again, thank you, Alex. Good luck to you, too. Don't forget, if you have a question about something digital, you get unbiased tech advice only here from America's digital pro, Kim Commando. And if you want Kim to answer your question, just go to commando.com, K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. And in the upper right corner, there is a button called Be a Caller. Click on that button. We'll get a few details about your question. And a producer will get in touch with you to set you up for a call to talk to Kim. And later on, Kim talks to old man Steve, who at 81 is the latest viral craze on TikTok, plus what does a quantum research scientist do? Have you ever heard of a quantum research scientist? And why does he work for Google? That's next on Commando On Demand Insider. Fake coronavirus cures are all over the internet, especially Amazon and social media. Here's how to spot them. The most important thing to remember about COVID-19, so-called online cures, is that there is no cure. 
And when a vaccine is finally discovered, you are not going to find it on Amazon or social media. On my website, commando.com, we've created a comprehensive list of the most common coronavirus ripoffs, email phishing scams promising you a list of nearby people who are infected, or viruses implanted in your computer by promising you the same list. Price gouging on Amazon and other sites with products like Clorox, face masks, and hand sanitizers. Remember that you already have the most effective way to fight this virus. Stop shaking hands and a 20-second hand wash in hot, soapy water as often as you can. Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. Let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more. Hey, Commando On Demand Insider is all about keeping you up to date on everything digital. And here's Kim with our next guest. It's a little geeky, but you're smart. I know you can handle it. We're going to be talking about something called quantum computing. You've probably heard the term before, and now you're going to know what it really means. Quantum computing is what lets us have major advancements in medicine, breakthroughs in science, and financial analysis. These are the most powerful computers on Earth. Last year, Google announced its quantum processor made a calculation in 200 seconds. That would take the world's fastest traditional supercomputer 10,000 years to make. Joining us now is Dr. Eric Lucero, staff research scientist on the quantum AI team at Google. So first, let's break it down, doctor. How would you define quantum computing to, say, your mother or, <laughs> or your aunt or your grandmother? How would you define that? Sure, sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, a quantum computer is a computer that speaks the language of nature, and that's quantum mechanics. What we go out to look at how to build a system like this, we look at what are the constituents in matter that assemble, say, quantum behaviors in, in nature, and we want to bring those things together so that we can actually control them in a way to make a computer that will do computation for us. How does it do all these calculations at 10,000 a second? I mean, what happens behind the scenes? That's a great question. So a lot of it is that you're using something called superposition. And superposition is this really nice feature in quantum mechanics that allows us to actually amplify or de-amplify the, the actual correct answer. So when we set up an experiment, we actually allow the system to evolve and it's almost like a wave interference. You drop a rock in a lake and you see some waves. The things that are amplifying are going to be the correct signal, and those that are actually de-amplifying will be those that are not the correct signal. Okay, so when you're talking about a quantum computer, is it a massive computer? Yeah, so it's actually, it's a physical object. It's, a, it's about the size of a, you know, it's a big cylinder. So if you had maybe two people around it, you could hug it. Um, and it's a full system, but the chip itself could sit in the palm of your hand. So the quantum processor that we've built 
so so-called sycamore processor sits in the it sits in the palm of your hand. But there's a number of things that have to actually connect to that system, wires, and then they come all up to the very top of the cryostat, which is the refrigerator that we use. These processors have to be kept very cold. So we want to basically keep a, a very zen-like state for this space. So it's very dark and very cold. In fact, it's some of the coldest places in the universe. So ambient temperature uh, here that we're sitting at, enjoying it in, in my uh, studio and your studio, is uh, 300 Kelvin. It's about room temperature. The temperature at which, say, nitrogen becomes a liquid is 77 Kelvin. The temperature at which water freezes is 273. So these are very, very cold. If we were hanging out between galaxies in space, it's about 4 Kelvin. And we actually go orders of magnitude colder. So we go down to 10 millikelvin. And that's actually where our processor sits at 10 millikelvin in a very dark place inside of this refrigerator. Okay, so why does it have to be so cold? That's a great question. We use a superconductor. Now, that is actually just aluminum. Aluminum turns out if you cool, if you cool it down past what's called its critical temperature, it becomes a superconducting metal. And that means that electrons no longer have any resistance, so there's no loss. And then we want to be so cold that we're actually reducing the thermal noise. So uh, think of like when you're tuning your radio and you actually dial in to the exact radio station. But as you're moving through that dial, there's this noise. And so what you do is we just turn down that noise so that you hear the quantum signal come out. That's a great analogy. That's fabulous, because I don't know, I mean, I have a degree in computer science. I don't know if I ever understood that just until right now when you use the analogy of tuning into a radio, because it just, you can suddenly see it and make perfect sense. We have all these companies that are trying to develop quantum computers. There's Google, there's IBM. Recently, Honeywell said they're going to be making a foray into that. Why the big rush? Well, I think there's a lot of excitement in the community. There are a number of architectures out there, and that's what's been great about the field, is that there's a number of um, other companies, universities that are thinking about, well, let's go look at what nature, Mother Nature provides. Maybe you want to use, uh, say, ions or atoms, or say the spin of the electron. Well, our choice was to actually use superconducting materials and make circuits out of those that then macroscopically behave quantum mechanically. Um, and so these are some just very interesting times. And, and so what are some practical uses of quantum computing? Uh, that's a really great question. With Sycamore, we actually have the first practical application, which is um, so-called certified random number generator. Um, I'd like to say that there's this, it solves the practical problem of um, how do you pick seats at a wedding? <laughs> right. So, there, there, you uh, know what? Let me tell you right now. There are never good seats at a wedding. Somebody is always right. going to be pissed off that they did not get to sit where they wanted to sit. Now you're telling me that's quantum computing is going to solve all that? <laughs> what I love about this is that you can, well, if you actually do a random selection, truly random, and you can certify that it's random, then you can tell your relatives and your friends and you can blame it on your computer. Right? Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> I think more specifically, you'd actually touched it at the top of the show uh, where you mentioned, you know, some of the really nice breakthroughs that we expect in science, which is one that as a scientist myself, I'm very excited about. Um, I believe that with quantum computers, we, we may actually be able to help um, combat climate change. Wow. Uh, I think that there's obvious things associated with energy, creating better batteries, better pharmaceuticals, uh, so drug research, uh, the ability to actually uh, solve these 
problems that would otherwise take us infathomable amount of years to do or take a lot of money to make these advancements in, you know, say drug research, that we could do that in a simulation where that simulation actually shows us the answer on a quantum computer. But I still won't be able to like type faster, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's it. Well, doctor, thanks again for coming on the Kim Commando show. And I don't know about you, but if the next Google Pixel is a quantum phone, I think I'm going to be switching to that one. Hey, if you love to stay up to date on breaking tech news, security alerts, data breaches, and more, do it with the free Commando newsletters. You get yours at commando.com, K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. And then click on the top to click on newsletters. It'll be a double opt-in. And check out the new newsletter, which is called The Current. We talked about that last week. All right, we're coming up on the trivia question answer uh, today. If you haven't guessed yet, do so now. What was so bad about the Sony camcorder that was released in 1998? Did it explode because of the battery? Was there a bed bug infestation at the factory? Would it see through clothing or... Missing the record button. Your guess and the answer coming up in the next segment. And also old man Steve, who is 81 years old, and he's the latest viral sensation on TikTok. And still to come, Kim answers a question about resetting an iPad. How do you do it? Yeah, that's still to come on Commando On Demand Insider. Is there a chance that your employer may have you working from home? Now is the time to take a really hard look at your home's internet service. In Seattle, Washington, where the coronavirus is hitting hard, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and others have told all employees who can work from home to stay home. Many schools are closed, some holding classes online. As the virus spreads, the pressure on home networks will grow. If you currently or possibly will work from home, make sure you have the latest router and modem available. Buy as much bandwidth as you can afford. Wi-Fi is great, but if you can plug directly into Ethernet, do that. The internet provider's dirty little secret is that even though you may be paying for fast speeds, as your neighbors begin using their bandwidth, well, everyone's can bog down. This is the time to repair. Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. Let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more. It's Commando On Demand Insider, and our next guest is, well, he's quite a character. Here's Kim with Old Man Steve. TikTok is a video sharing app used mostly by people under 20 years old. But one man in his 80s is having the time of his life doing what he does best, making people smile. Stephen Austin is known to millions of tweens and teens as Old Man Steve. He teaches his followers how to cook. And despite the generational gap, let me tell you, the kids love him. Hey, Steve, it's so good to have you on the show. Did you ever expect that you would be a TikTok star in your life? 
No, no, I really didn't, and especially at 81 years old. Hey, I look pretty silly with my hat like that, don't I? <laughs> but, you know, but when you're doing the TikTok videos, you're also wearing a hat each time, aren't you? Yeah, that's 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 kind of become my trademark. Uh, I'm not sure how that all started, but I, I had a few hats, and now I've got over 50. Wow. And, uh, in different colors. And so now when it comes time to do a TikTok video, you are quite the chef. <laughs> I'm not sure how that got started, but um, most young, most people on, Sky, on uh, TikTok are young people, so they do a lot of physical stuff, and I, I really can't do that. So I started by just making a sandwich, and, and I TikToked it, and... Uh, Everybody loved it. So then it started cooking with Steve. And all I do is make like a bowl of cereal or a sandwich. And they, they call that cooking. But the kids are loving it and they're eating it up. <laughs> so what was the most popular video that you've ever done? I think it didn't have something to do with you were making homemade biscuits. Well, yeah, except they weren't homemade. They were frozen. I just took them out of the freezer and put them in the oven and cooked them. And then I put some butter and some preserves on them, and that was it. And for some reason, that got over 18 million hits on it. I'm not sure why that was so popular, I, I'm, but it was. Well, you know, Steve, not everybody can just pick up a video camera and suddenly attract 18 million kids to start liking their videos. And I, I love the comments where people say, you know, I'd love to have a grandpa like you. And it seems like you're becoming like also the virtual grandfather for a lot of these folks. Right. A lot of them say I remind them of their grandfather or they want me to be their grandfather. And they started calling me their Internet grandfather. So maybe I have a new handle. I don't know. <laughs> so do you make videos for YouTube or anyplace else? Uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. I'm getting some crossover from my TikTok fans to my uh, YouTube channel, which is on YouTube, of course, you can make longer videos, so I have I can say more and do more. Hey, you know what? That's really cool. But you seem to have, let me tell you, you seem to have like a knack for this, Stephen. You do. I mean, have you always been an entertainer? No, no. I, I, my grandfather was an entertainer. Maybe I got that from him. I don't know. Uh, he he was back in the olden days. He was in vaudeville, and. Uh, Maybe some of that rubbed off on me, but I never, I've never done any performing before. Well, I definitely see the performance factor in your DNA. That's for sure. So, okay, now the big question, the the money question: Have you turned this into like millions of dollars yet? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> I wish. I've had a few offers, uh, and we're looking into that, but. Um, Right now, nothing, there's no money coming in. I'm just doing it for the fun. And, you know, which is great because you have, like I mentioned, you have these millions of kids that are now calling you their grandfather, and now you have millions and millions of grandchildren. How has this affected your life personally, if not financially, personally? Well, it makes me feel good to know that these young people like me, and they, they're always saying, I love you, uh, old man Steve, then. I, I don't feel so alone because the uh, the kids on uh, TikTok tell me they love me, and that makes me feel good. It warms my heart, 
and uh, living alone um, I, gives me something to wake up to every morning. Because of my age, you know, I'm well, I live alone. I live in a senior uh, community uh, apartment complex, and, and uh, I haven't lived here very long, so I don't know very many people, but all of a sudden I'm real popular with the ladies. So uh, maybe I'll get a few uh, free meals out of this. Well, you don't uh, you don't need a free meal. You could cook for them. I have seen you. You made okay. Let me tell you, Steve. You made me bean and bacon soup because you heard that I like soup. Well, hello there. This is old man Steve. I'm cooking with Steve, and I'm going to make some soup because uh, this is for Kim Commando. She, I'm I'm going to be on her show this weekend, and I know she likes soup. Well, we're going to make some bean and bacon soup, which is really good. I like it. It's one of my favorites. Let me get this can open. Yeah, um, bean and bacon soup, is, it's heart healthy and it's excellent source of fiber. That's one of the reasons why I like it. But let me get it warmed up here and I'll show you what it looks like, okay? Okay, it's hot and ready to pour in here. And... He put you some crackers, get you some crackers, and you got you some nice soup for a nice cold day. <laughs> Enjoy. Well, I'll tell you, Sam, thanks again for coming on the show. And for those of you out there who want to check out his videos, make sure you look him up on TikTok under at Old Man Steve. Gosh, isn't he wonderful? It's Commando On Demand Insider, and time for the answer to our trivia question. In 1998, Sony released a brand new camcorder. However, it was recalled immediately after release. So what was so bad about that camcorder? Was it that the battery could explode? The bed bug infestation at the factory? It could actually see through clothes? Or was it missing the record button? Believe it or not, I think a lot of people got this one wrong. I sure did. The answer is C. The camcorder could see through clothes. These Sony camcorders were equipped with a special night lens so they could easily be used to see in the dark. But many camera owners found that they could also do a lot more than that. The lenses could see through certain types of fabric, especially swimsuits. Even after Sony recalled them and released a new model, minus Superman's power, some people still found a way to modify the lens with special filters to, uh, well, go back to the old version, I guess you'd say. All right, we have another question for Kim. Here is Steve in Decatur, Alabama. Hi there, Steve. Hey, Kim. How are you today? I'm fantastic. What's going on? I see... It says purchased an airplane with an iPad doesn't work. Does the airplane not work or does the iPad no. don't work? <laughs> the airplane's fine. The iPad is linked in or used to be linked into all the instrumentation. It adds a, a safety feature. It sits right on your yoke so you can watch your course and weather. And and now with the new ADSB system, I can see all the aircraft around me keep from having a little accident. Yeah, we don't want those, that's for sure. Well, the, the, the problem is, when I bought the aircraft, uh, you know, it came with it. And the the owner of the, previous owner of the aircraft, I can no longer contact him for some reason. And I don't have his password. I can't get into the, to the unit at all. And I've tried everything, including 
writing Apple, going to the Apple store. I found a thing on the internet where you could reset your, your pad. It's a mini iPad and I reset it back to factory settings, but that it didn't still work. wants, wow. no, it gets up. It wants me to sign in and it's still stuck with his mm. sign in and a, and a uh, serial number that's obviously logged somewhere with Apple. Okay. So let me and, ask you a question. Do you have the iPad? Are you holding the iPad? I have it close by. Okay. Okay. I want you to put your hand on the iPad. We're, we're going to try something here. Sometimes it works. Sometimes every once in a while it works. All righty. Okay. So you got your hand on the iPad? I do. Okay, I'm going to put the hand on, I'm putting the hand on the phone. Okay. Come on. Come on, iPad mini. Come on. We can, we're going to make this work. Feel the power. Feel the power. Yeah, I feel the power. I see the apple. Didn't, didn't work, huh? No. I tried. There's not a lot I can do. Uh, mm. Here's the deal, is that it's locked down, especially with some aviation type stuff. Unfortunately, you're probably going to have to buy yourself a new iPad mini, but you just bought a new airplane. So you can afford a new iPad mini, right? Well, yeah, it's just a shame to throw a perfectly good no, one no, no. away. We're not going to throw it away. We don't throw anything away here, Okay. Uh, here's some things you can do. You can turn it into a digital photo frame. Okay. Uh, you could turn it into a music server. You could turn, you start using it as an ebook reader. If you want, throw it in the kitchen. And then once it's in the kitchen, you can see all your recipes and watch some videos. Uh, you could use it as a beautiful TV remote. Okay? Suddenly you're like, whoa, I can see all those keys. I mean, there's so much you can do with a used iPad. And, you know, you, what you could do, you could try just one more thing. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, my digital goddess inside is not able to reset that over the phone. But you could tweet out to Tim Cook and say, hey, Tim, I spoke to Kim. She told me to reach out to you. Maybe he knows some insider secrets along the way. And But there's some ideas for you. You have a tip coming up uh, on the Apple email list, if you're not already on that. Some great uses for an old iPad and you might want to check that out as well. And safe flying, of course. To Joe in New York, New York. Start spreading the news. Joe, what's going on? Hey, Kim. Thank you for taking my call today. You betcha. I want to talk about cleaning up my online reputation. All right. What happened? Well, uh, I'm going to say 15 years ago or so, I was just put it blunt, involved in a bank robbery. Oh, okay. So you robbed a bank? Yeah. And uh, now I'm in a mode, of course, I've, I want people to know the me now, not the me 15 years ago. And I want to start my own business. So how do I clean up my online reputation? Okay. So you robbed a bank and it made news, I would take it, right? Correct. Yes. And then how long, how much time did you get? Uh, five years. Okay, so you spent five years in jail. Yes. Um, and then now you're out for what, 10 years? Correct. Okay. And of course, all those search results are still available on the internet, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so how much did you get? Not worth it. About $8,000. Oh, wow. Definitely not worth it. I mean, if you're going to rob a bank, I mean, let me tell you, Joe, I mean, at least, you know, try to get like, <laughs> you know, a hundred grand or something, right? I mean. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, all joking aside, uh, it's very difficult because you have all the different media outlets that make th their whatever they wrote about 
whether it's a newspaper site, a local community site, or it's a television site, they make all their archives readily available on the internet, right? And so, uh, you know, there are these places that say that they're going to clean up your reputation, but it's almost impossible to clean up what you've done and to get that out of all the archives. I would say it is impossible to get it all off uh, because you could try uh, you could contact each individual site and and write them a nice letter and say, this is not me anymore, but, you know, this is, uh, you know, a new guy and I turned over a leaf and, you know, whatever it may be. But it's still going to be in the archives somewhere on the Internet. So what you can do and I, I you know, what you can do is uh, register your name as a domain. Okay. So, okay. so it'd be your first name, your last name as a domain. And so the whole idea behind this is that when somebody searches for you, that the first thing they see is your domain and they're not going to see all these stories about you robbing a bank, being Bonnie and Clyde and stuff like that, right? Correct, exactly. And so there, you know, there's no sense trying to hide it. Okay, there isn't. I mean... Because it's, you're going to be found out. So you're better off just laying it out there on the table and saying, this is who I was. This is what I did. Uh, I served time. I'm a new man. And as evidenced by I haven't gotten in trouble for the last 10 years, right? Correct. Absolutely. Yes, uh, correct. Just want to make sure we didn't try again on a credit union or something. No, uh, no, no. We did not do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and... In retrospect, it was a stupid move, a stupid decision. You know, you know, you just talk from your heart like you are me right now. I mean, sure. And so there, that's where you put up your story and say, you know, you may Google me and you may see this and maybe even, even just maybe even just link to it. OK, so that it's total transparency. Right. I mean, as long as you're not trying to start like a bank or a financial services company, you're not, are you? No. Okay. No, I'm no. Okay. Then I would say you're probably safe. What kind of business do you want to start? In the uh, hospitality industry. Okay. In okay. the uh, like like in the uh, building of hotels or et cetera. Okay. Well, you know, and then 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 talk about your experience doing that. Tell talk about your passion on why you want to do this. Uh, talk right. about, you know, but I think the the whole thing is to say that, you know, you've been, you've been, you've been good for the last 10 years and that's a long time. It's not like you just got out last week. Right. Exactly. And maybe talk about your family, talk about your future, things that you have in mind. Um, but again, the whole idea is that we're not going to try to hide it. You're just going to put it out sure. there, Joe, you just put it out there. Cause you know, they're going to find it anyway. Because you know what else we have? We have something called the Wayback Machine. I don't know if you know that. The whole Internet archives. Everything on the Internet is being archived the moment that it goes online. And, yes, they are truly capturing every single page, every single audio, video, whatever it may be. And so even if you try to pretend that it doesn't exist, somebody's going to find a copy of it. And then they're going to come out to you later. I'd rather just be the person saying, okay, that was me. Sorry. Made a mistake. Paid my penalty. And I'll never, ever do it again. Hey, thanks for listening to Commando on Demand Insider. And don't forget to subscribe so you get these episodes downloaded to your device every week automatically. We appreciate that. 
And don't forget, you can join us on over 400 radio stations nationwide every single weekend. To find the station nearest you, just go to commando.com slash radio. Again, commando.com slash radio. And here's Kim with some final thoughts. As of this week, we're all supposed to wash our hands as often as we can for 20 seconds with hot, soapy water. But then what happens the moment you touch your computer keyboard or your smartphone or your iPad screen? Long before this coronavirus pandemic, in fact, for many flu seasons, doctors have known that our computer keyboards and phones are the most unsanitary things in our homes and our offices. The coronavirus can live for up to nine hours on your smartphone's glass screens. Cleaning keyboards and smartphones with Clorox disinfecting wipes or any wipes that contain at least 70% isopropyl alcohol is a wise move. I recommend that you begin each day with this wipe-down ritual with all your electronics. And do this every time you wash your hands. I'm Kim Commando.